I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Oh, my God. You thought she wasn't coming back, y'all. You thought she wasn't coming back. You thought that, like, I'd come, I'd done the thing, but then I was just going to be, like, in Hamilton forever. Forever. Listen, I expect her to be. I'm as delighted she's here as you are, y'all. I'm I'm delighted to be here. We're all delighted. Everyone's delighted. Friends, this is episode, Jesus, what did we say? 258? 258. 258 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you want to catch up on any of our other 257 episodes, I think the majority of which Caitlin was here. I don't know. We went for a long stretch over the phone. So That was, it was a, a year and a half? <laughs> might be. Might be half and half at this point. But you can get any of them wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Always done so well. <laughs> Go. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, and you will never miss another episode of this program because they're going to be dropped to your device directly by a man who's always in our hearts, always present. Chauncey Fasilik is the third Geek Down Internet Elf. He's going to deliver those episodes directly to your device. You don't have to do anything. And maybe you're like, Jordan, that sounds great. I, I think it sounds great. But... I live a busy life. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that Chauncey will deliver these episodes, mm-hmm. but how am I to know when Chauncey has arrived? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, frankly, you guys drop the ball a little bit, and that's fair. I, Listen, that's fair. We say Tuesdays. It's not always Tuesdays. Sometimes it's Wednesday. Sometimes I, it's a little later. I think I think people need to give us some slack. <laughs> give me a freaking break. I do this for free. Um <laughs> But it has recently come to my attention that mm. if you are on Spotify and you go to the podcast page for yeah. this program, yeah. you will see a little bell, not unlike bells you see on other places. And if you tap that bell, you'll get a little pop-up notif on oh. your device oh. letting so you we, know when we, a new episode has arrived. We want people to ring our bell. I forgot I don't have to put drops in after the fact, y'all. I can just do them live in line. <laughs> and the, it, It's much better this way. I get to enjoy them. I know when they're coming. I didn't even put the fucking chimes in for Chauncey. God damn it. <laughs> Caitlin is correct. You'll just get a little, hell, if you've got notifs on, on your phone, you literally will just hear, oh my God. I wonder what that could be. You know what it is? It's Chauncey. It's a little, it's a little weekly gift from your BFFs at the, at the GDP. Yeah. It's, it's some elvish charm. <laughs> elvish charm. Mm-hmm. All right. Friends, if you want to uh, let us know how much you appreciate that elvish charm, I'm going to remember to do the drops in real time now. Uh <laughs> Head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. It's where the show lives on the social meads. If you'd like to support this endeavor financially, head on over to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Like someone did. Someone very, very kind. We appreciate your generosity. Someone informed me. Yes. That, and neither of us should be surprised by this, we are maybe a little lax in the ko-fi department. We want you to keep your money. So. And it was expressed to me that, you know what? You kind of make it a little inconvenient. You only take PayPal. I didn't even Ko-Fi know. Ko-Fi only takes PayPal. And I, I thought, I think I think when we started it, that's all you could do. Mm. But I won't bore you with the back-end details, but we now have it set up. You can 
uh, donate to this program via credit card. Perfect. Same process as before. Just hit pay with card when you go to make the donation. As always, we don't encourage it. No, we discourage it. But we fact. appreciate it. We appreciate you. Y'all know who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Kate, it's here. I'm here. <laughs> I did my own. <laughs> I'm so out of practice. Kate is here, y'all. What'd you get into this week, Kate? Um, what did I get into this week? It's a great question. It's fine if it was nothing. It was nothing. <laughs> All right. I think I talked a little bit about how my Thanksgiving, my Canadian Thanksgiving was just super chill. Yeah. And then the week was super chill. Um, beats the alternative. Yeah, I had I had a dentist appointment. <laughs> That's always fun. I I love my dentist's office. They're just they're super cool and yeah mm. yeah. I know it's weird, but they're, they're really cool. Woof. Um. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I have a hard time making friends. <laughs> so wow. They think I'm charming. I mean, I don't dispute it, but and I would I never consider my dental hygienist a friend. I mean, actually, I couldn't see my usual dental hygienist. She had to go have a baby, so I saw another dental hygienist. She was fine. She's very nice. I just didn't like her. Um, was it was it you or someone cute who gave me lip the last time I went to a dental hygienist, and it was a dude, and I was like floored and upset. Uh, I don't think it was me. I don't remember this, but why? Why are you floored and upset? Because I don't know that I've ever had a dental cleaning by a man before in my life. It's ridiculous. I know we're all about breaking down gender roles and stuff like that, but yeah. Brittany, where are you at? <laughs> I trust you with my teeth. Yeah, so that's basically all I got up to. And then there was a lot of TV. <laughs> well, say save it for updates. I will. I just need to mention that I forgot some things the week like, before. Yeah, listen. Let's talk. Let's talk about briefly. About the dynamic of this podcast where Caitlin will get on the phone some days and be like, I don't watch anything. It's just law and order. And then she comes in here and is like, I need you to clear the lane for like 45 minutes because I forgot so many things last week. Well, girl. I did. And I have. Jot a note, FFS. I, I forgot something and I also found something important and now it's gone. Oh, God. So I have to talk about that. Well, thank you. Think on that uh, before we get into, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about for news. There's a lot today. We might just skim over some of this stuff, but I need to, for the moment, and it's not a bad one. I, I, eyebrows raised. I have something to plug. It is rare that I have something to plug, but I have something to plug, and for any listeners of this show, um, my work, not me, but my work is featured on another podcast. It's very exciting. That you can go and listen to. Um as it has been established over the years. Maybe you're familiar, maybe you're not. Most of you are probably familiar because y'all are long-time listeners, but uh, I wrote a book back in 2014, and that book has now been uh, selected for a podcast episode in the 33 and a third podcast series, which is a, believe it's a Spotify exclusive, but if you're on the Spotify's, you can go find that there. It is hosted by legendary DJ and producer Prince Paul, who produced Dale Soul and a bunch of Handsome Boy Modeling School and a bunch of other places, and I have been a fan of his since I was a child. So exciting. So the fact that he said my name is a little <laughs> wild. Um, and it's him in discussion with uh, Stone's Throw Records founder, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf, talking about J. Dilla's Donuts, and um, just a discussion about the record, punctuated throughout with kind of 
scenes from the book that the voice that uh, voice actors have recreated so it's like one part audio book one part podcast and it's, it's, it's so cool it's pretty cool i guess it's so fucking cool and they asked me to uh write something for it as well so if you go over to 333sound.com you can find uh a little essay i wrote on sort of what it's been like to study this man's life relatively closely and then see what has happened to how he is sort of perceived in the culture uh over the last like 15 years since he passed uh yeah so that's over on 333sound.com and you can listen to the podcast on spotify that is so cool it's so cool it's so cool (laughs) cool. it is listen i'm catholic and i'm poor brain and everything else and when you do anything creative your brain is broken ultimately like Mm -hmm. so i have not listened to the podcast right i don't know if i ever ever will be able to i've had friends who have listened to it now and have been like you should really listen to it um do they like it yes of course they liked it um but i skimmed through parts of it yeah real real like out of 15 <laughs> 15 second uh skips there and you know to hear the bits that i wrote and then hear like i'll just zero in on like a word selection it's like i shouldn't use that word i should oh. use something else yeah, you're so broken. Yep. You're such a writer. Oh, my God. Fuck. What sometimes, you know, I, before I went to bed last night, I pulled out my copy of the book that I haven't um, really cracked the spine on for a while. And I um, read a few paragraphs and went, some of that wasn't bad. So stupid. Um, yeah, you're dumb. I don't dispute it. Good. Because I'm right. But I'm hoping now that the, I've said this before, like the the act of like, when I can finally like push something out of my stupid brain, yeah. like, oh, you really like this. Mm-hmm. And if you can just get over the hump of worrying what people are going to think about it. Isn't, isn't that the just, challenge? Just find a way to do it more sort of thing. Even if it's just like, you know, the last blog post I have on my website is when we launched this podcast. Yeah. So. We should probably talk about that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, News. News. Superman's bisexual, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, your some segment of the population is out there like No, God, please, no. no. And then all the slash writers are like, uh, yeah, no, we know. It was all in our slash fiction. <laughs> it was we've been already we've already written this story uh, a million times. Yeah. Uh this isn't Clark Kent, this is John Kent, son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Um, in the Comic series Superman, Son of Cal El, number five, I believe. Uh, he comes out as, or doesn't come out really, but expresses his romantic interest in his mm-hmm. friend, I believe his name, young reporter Jay Nakamura, I believe is his name. Cool. Um, this is a series written by Tom Taylor, and that's really the story. That's it. Yeah, cool. Just is what it is. Cool. And to quote uh, Amber Ruffin, who did a bit about this on her show this week, mm-hmm. if you're out there saying this is ruining your childhood, your childhood was kind of wasn't shit to begin with. Yeah. If this this is all it takes to ruin your childhood, you you had bigger problems. It, my serious G. problems. Um. So yes, that's dope and amazing. Speaking of DC, their fandom event is happening. Yeah. This weekend. I like a good play on words. <laughs> um. And what have we seen from that? Uh, the Batman, the Matt Reeves, our Pat's Batman movie. Yeah. I uh, got a big long trailer. Looks odd. 
I, I didn't. I like Odd, but I didn't watch it. You didn't miss a whole lot. Okay, good. The, I, I kind of I, I don't care. The Batmobile. Listen, if as, as Andy said on Chris and Andy, the suggestion seems to be that we will not have to watch Thomas and Martha get murdered for the nineteenth time. That would be. Like, I think these stories are now accepted enough. Yeah. Like where like Peter Parker can just show up and he's Spider Man and everybody, it's just taken as a given that everybody knows. Yeah. So the Batman can show up in like year three or whenever it is when mm-hmm. this movie takes place in his like career. And, you know, we don't have to have a scene where he closes his eyes and thinks and you hear gunshots and pearls falling on the <laughs> on the concrete, right? Like yeah. it's a get we know how we got here. Yes. Um I think actually that was one of the smartest things Marvel did with Spider Man. I've heard I don't have it in front of me, but I've heard a uh, contrarian take to that. Oh. That it kind of removes the character's pathos a bit, but eh. I'm, I'm making a face. Eh. I'm making a face. Eh. But yes, uh, the Batman trailer looked fine. I'm not crazy about the Batmobile looking like a bitch in Camaro, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is what it is. Um, Zoe Kravitz is in it, so I mean, which is awesome. Take. Yes. Take my money. That's, that's the sound of my money getting thrown at anything Zoe Kravitz is in. Um, what else was out there? Shots, no footage, but shots from The Flash. Caitlin has concerns about Ezra Miller that I don't know if she wants to bring up right now. But <laughs> No, that's not fair. I just, all I mentioned was that Ezra Miller is a weirdo. And I, I knew that, but I didn't realize like how much of a weirdo. I don't know. I'm allowed to have opinions, right, without people getting mad at me. Right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's still okay. I mean, I, I don't think it's. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Like, I don't think it's wrong to be. It's me. Yeah, I yeah, have. No, no. I literally have teal hair right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a weirdo. Listen, the hair looks great, by the way. Oh, thank you. So, um, but I just, I don't know. His outfit was a little weird. I don't think this is not something that he would dispute. I don't think Ezra Miller's feelings would get no. hurt if you were like, you're kind no. of a weirdo. I, like, it's one yeah. of those things where someone's like, you know, it, I don't know him. I don't know him personally. <laughs> He's probably a really nice lad. I just, I a was nice like, lad. <laughs> I was just like, that's a that that's a choice of outfit that I maybe wouldn't go with. Now I gotta see. <laughs> okay, so after uh, the algorithm failing me for far too long, I now have it. I now have it in front of me. Um, I mean, like, th- this is a choice was made, right? It was a choice. <laughs> it's definitely, it's a definite choice here. Like on one hand, he looks like. Brian Adams in 1984, and on the other hand, <laughs> he looks like a the nerdiest leather boy ever. <laughs> Anyways, both things can be true. All I'm saying, it's fine. It just, I was just a little, I don't know. I don't know if taken aback is even. Nothing really takes me aback anymore. Like, like we make live among furries. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing maybe, is shocking. Maybe you're just old, Kate. I might just be old. I might just be old. I might just be old, <laughs> which I'm fine with. I'm actually kind of delighted. But. Um, one other thing that came out of DC fandom, which we all we have is the fact of its existence. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Are you amped for Batman Caped Crusader? Mm, no. Bruce Tim making another Batman cartoon and you are not hype about this? <sighs> Bruce Tim coming out and saying this is this is going to out... Batman the Animated Series, Batman the Animated Series, because we are not limited by technical limitations. Sometimes technical limitations are good. Oh. I think that sometimes people forget 
something belongs in a time and place and that is what makes it good um sometimes people forget that having a budget is a good thing um it might be amazing i'm not saying it's not going to be i just want to see it first yeah, we have nothing at this point. We have yeah. literally a promo image. Yeah. Um, like, think about all the different aspects that came together to form Batman the Animated Series, right? Um, it was the music and the voice acting and the writers and, you know, being able to tell this noir version of Batman that they hadn't been able to tell before. Um the fact Tim Burton had a lot to do with that. Um, it was something new, the way they were telling stories. Um, anyways, I just think that I want to see it. I just want to see it before I make any claims of it being, like, being super excited. Also, there's a lot of Batman stuff right now. And sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed by how much there is. There there, there really is. Mm-hmm. Um don't forget, we're also getting apparently a Colin Farrell uh, Penguin series, similar to the Peacemaker series. What? Yeah. First what? look at the Peacemaker series at Fandom as well, yeah. which was yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so yeah, loads, loads of content. DC is like kind of becoming the AEW to uh, <laughs> Marvel's WWE at this point. Right. To use an analogy of two of my primary <laughs> interests, like... <laughs> Like, because recently your boy, Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, was out there kind of talking spicy uh, about, not talking spicy, but I mean, he's one part he's playing the character. Where, and right. other, yeah. He's in kayfabe, for one. And on the other, I think he honestly believes it, where like, AEW is getting the hardcore audience and fans, yeah. and the belief is that there's a ceiling to that in the WWE, well, we make movies, we make entertainment, we want the mass market type thing. Number one, eh, eh, it ain't going to happen. You have sweaty boys slapping each other. Like, that's not, there's a ceiling be, to that. It like, can be amazing, though. It can be amazing. Um, but you just have to accept what you are, and ultimately you're like Carney Entertainment. And, like, right. that's, yeah. you can elevate that to a certain degree, but that also has a ceiling. Anyway. I feel like, especially after the Snyder Cut and all that business, like, mm-hmm. DC is just kind of like, well, let's go. You know what? Seventeen Jokers, and you, we don't. We tried to do the interconnected stuff. Fuck it. You want to make a Joker? You know, you want to make a Doctor Fate movie? Speaking of which, did you know Pierce Brosnan was playing Doctor Fate? I did not. I did not. Caitlin, that came out of the Black Adam footage from uh from this weekend as well. I d- I I am I am. I don't know all. I don't, I, I don't know all the cast. But sorry, so, I'm like stunned. She, she's, I'm like, she's gobs, wait, she's gobsmacked what? by that. I, uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh. So. I just saw the headline that was like, oh, first footage from Black Adam. And I've been waiting to see fucking Rocky mm-hmm. as Black yeah. Adam forever. Yeah. And the intro, the first person who shows up is Pierce Brosnan. And I'm like, James Bond, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, <laughs> Mount St. Helens, what was that movie where he was fighting the volcano? What was that? That was, um, oh, oh, fuck. It was Crapathon last year. I can't remember what it was, but. Uh, it'll come back yeah, to me. Dante's uh, Peak. <laughs> so Dante's Peak, what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> And then some guy shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm playing Hawkman. And somebody shows up and is like, I'm playing Atom Smasher. And I was like, what is the whole Justice Society doing here? And then Pierce Brosnan is like, I'm playing Dr. Fate. And I'm like, <laughs> like you can inject that directly into my veins. Um, but this is interesting because I find sometimes it's the things on the periphery because they don't have the budget and they don't have the interest from the executives that are some of the best to come out of these monster right monster 
uh, entertainment conglomerates, right? Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the best things to come out of Marvel. Mm -hmm. And it was because people were not paying attention (laughs) (laughs) to some degree. Um, And I think some of the best stuff to come out of DC is the stuff that they're not really paying attention to. Well, by all accounts, Shazam was a pretty decent movie. It was great. Even though at the time people were like, oh, you put, what's his name? Levi? Yeah. Zachary Levi? Was that yeah. I'm confusing Levi and Quinto, which I know they look absolutely nothing alike. But uh, They look a little alike, but it's Levi, yes. They're both white. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, they put him basically in like an inflatable suit, and it's like, how can that be good? But it turned out to be just it fun. Was great. Like, yeah. Um, so again, I mean, and we don't know, even though Black Adam comes from the you know expanded Shazam universe, that if he's going, if that plays a part. Well, but, there is a second Shazam movie coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw some bits. There of that is, as yeah. Well. Hel- is that is that what the Helen Mirren? Yes. Lucy Liu uh, yes. shots were from. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That those are the villains I want. <laughs> Excellent. Um. So yeah, I think DC is leaning into their like every company wants to make a uh, billion dollars every month and doesn't care about <laughs> art, but I think that. DC has kind of figured out that, like, Marvel's going to Marvel. Let Marvel Marvel. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to carve our own lane, and they seem to be figuring that out a little more, where they're just like, mm-hmm. everybody wants to make a Batman movie? Sure. Just fucking <laughs> pedal, pedal to the metal until we figure it out. Um, speaking of franchises and uh, expanded universe and content and things like that, mm-hmm. Kate, an interesting thing has happened in the discourse. Okay. Have a quick discourse check, y'all. You live for that. <laughs> Kate loves the discord. <laughs> Nobody loves the discourse and the, take, and the take economy quite like Caitlin does. But there has been some pushback, it seems, in the world of film criticism Ooh. to specifically fanboyishness and fan service right. in the film industry. Mm-hmm. And the sacrificial lamb of this pushback seems to be Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? which is the uh, Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, um, relaunch, retooling, mealy-mouthed apology, an unnecessary apology, placating apology yeah. to, I'll drop the vine in here, to... <laughs> I mean, four female Ghostbusters? The feminists are taking over. I'm an adult virgin. <laughs> to all of the adult virgins who were uh, taken aback from, taken aback by the uh, Paul Feig, uh, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Ghostbusters vehicle from a few years ago. And so this movie was a surprise shown. It's a more direct sequel to the original 80s Ghostbusters movies, it should be said. And this came to my attention the same way many things come to my attention through Chris and Andy. Chris likened it to like everyone walked into the screening at New York City Comic Con. That's where it aired, kind of like surprise. You're all here. You're all fans. Let's show you the movie. The movie's done. You can see it like two months early. And there were some critics there. And Chris likened it to, like, all the critics came out and went, like, so, what did you think? <laughs> and everybody kind of stood around and went, No one wanted to say and it. And then one person said, it kind of sucked. And everyone went, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so there have been a number of reviews. Yeah. In The Guardian, in Vulture, in Variety, just dunking on this thing. And the way in which they're dunking on it, it's not dunking for the sake of dunking. I'm just going to read you a brief sample, which is kind of a good temperature check. Right. They all kind of were saying the same thing. Uh, the headline on The Guardian from Charles Bromesco is Ghostbusters Afterlife 
a sliming, stinking corpse of a sequel with one out of five stars. I was just about to say, is that one out of five stars? And that is one Ooh. out of five stars. The subhead is, quote, Jason Reitman takes over his father's franchise and immediately tanks it with a tonally misjudged blend of pandering fan service and bizarrely played straight spectacle. Now, the big argument among these reviews, these negative reviews, is that this movie has forgotten, and the fans have forgotten, why they even liked Ghostbusters in the first place. Right. Ghostbusters as a movie. I mean, you go back and watch it's on. You can go on Netflix right now and watch the movies that made us. There's an yeah. episode on Ghostbusters, and it will tell you all about how like Bill Murray gave about four fucks, just four in that, in that movie. Just four, not really enough to rub together. <laughs> and maybe he read the script when uh, he when he showed up every day. Maybe he just had someone give him like the notes of the script yeah. like just the, just the highs and lows it was like we talked about the marvel method a couple of weeks ago it was the marvel method of it was like bill you just got to get this point across yeah. and it was totally on him how how he did it but it's basically just him being kind of a funny dick through most of the movie yeah. like this everyone forgets there's like a paranormal blowjob scene in this movie like you did, i'm gonna watch ghostbusters with my kids well get ready to explain whatever that was <laughs> um but apparently ghostbusters afterlife has a much more like Amblin-esque, you know, like the Steven Spielberg right. production company, which everyone uses as like shorthand for like a feel-good family movie with so, like some wondrous elements. Right. E.T. There's a reason why that's in the Amblin logo. Like yes. it's just the, the childhood wonder with otherworldly elements type of thing. So this is now about like Egon Spengler's grandkids mm -hmm. and the power of family and science and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it was about Bill Murray trying to bang Sigourney Weaver. Like that was the, Basic, dri basically. That was the driving motivation here. And also how a fridge can turn, turn into a staircase. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that. Um, so here's more from this review. Quote, every time another anti-spectral doohickey first appeared on screen, it was met with orgasmic roars of excitement from the audience. Same goes for the awestruck glimpses of the old car, the old costumes, some of the old dialogue, and the rest of the myriad nods to Ivan Reitman's canonized blockbuster. Um, Jason Reitman's approach banks on a sycophancy proved reliable in real time at New York City Comic Con that the automatic delight of knowing that thing, what things are will supersede the need for humor or smart-ass charm that initially made Ghostbusters worth watching. At the box office, this underhanded tack may very well play div pay dividends, this is for fans, after all, but a peculiar breed of fan more interested in identifying objects than what's done with them. Unquote. Which, not to pat myself on the back, Caitlin. I'm not averse. I'm not averse to giving myself, oh, giving we, myself we a, know. Little, a little... We know that, Jordan. A little on the back. <laughs> I believe I said something similar when we talked about WandaVision, mm -hmm. or any of these, mm -hmm. where it's like every episode of WandaVision would drop, this is what fuels 40-minute YouTube videos. And I talked about how that's stupid. <laughs> Which part? The the YouTube videos and the articles written about every episode. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying we... The interesting thing is not that this point is being made. We have made this point. Yes. And that we both, I think, find... Are disheartened by the fact that for most fans, playing spot the reference is the primary goal. Like yeah. I watch this to know things. I watch this to see, I watch Wandavision to see how much of House of M, or the classic Vision, Vision and the Scarlet Witch uh, stories, mm -hmm. are going to be used in here. The argument made in this Guardian review and some other reviews is just like the excitement of seeing like a proton pack for the first time, mm -hmm. or you know, when Annie Pot shows up as reprising her role as the receptionist. <laughs> 
that's more important than what the movie's actually doing. When you watch Ghostbusters, you didn't know there was none of that. You didn't know what Ghostbusters was. It was just Bill Murray being fucking funny. It's the rehashing of of old content. Right? Yes. And we both, we've talked about this, I think since the podcast started <laughs> about like, we need some new material. Squid game is the yes. proof. Um, anyway, I just find it interesting that now, now of all times, the pushback among the critical community is, this is the first time I've seen it to this degree. Right. There's been a, f- a few notable publications where all the critics are kind of like, Knock it off. <laughs> this is getting dumb. Yeah. So, will that mean shit at the box office? Probably not. Are you going to see the expanded Ghostbusters universe by 2025? Probably. Probably. All because. Misogyny. Ah, uh, not just. Not just. I think, um. Excuse me. Kristen Wiig Ghostbusters had proton packs in it. Uh, it had was. Had the car in it. It was, I think it's more this, like, heroin-esque shot of nostalgia mm. that people want because life and the world is very unhappy. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, look, listen, it, this is not a new thing, but it's probably definitely in uh, 2021. Man, I still hesitate to say post-pandemic, but I mean, in pandemic in, Post-ish? De- in, pandemic in decline 2021, it's definitely, uh, yeah. you know. Who doesn't want to remember the good old when days. you didn't have anything to worry about? Yeah. Oh, the 80s. Oh, the 80s. Caitlin's had a lot of questions about life in the 80s today. Well, I mean, I, I was born in the 80s, but I also, I don't remember them very well. I just remember the vague sense of like, things are going to get better and people are going to hold hands and work together as communities. And then the 90s happened. <laughs> 90s were still kind of okay at the time. In retrospect, yeah. if you look back on a lot of stuff that happened in the 90s now, uh-huh. ugh. Yeah. <laughs> ugh. Um, but anyway, I think that's all the news we need to get into today. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm just going to clear the lane. Since <coughs> someone's got a whole lot of shit to get into on our updates. So. so I forgot about the fact that uh, senior correspondent Chris and I watched The Nevers. Which one's The Nevers? The Nevers is the show that was created by Joss Whedon, that Joss Whedon was very quickly removed from. <laughs> and they were like, no, no. Um, Nothing to see here. And then was, yeah, that a lot of people have told me was fantastic. And I'm like, yes, it is fantastic. It was great. It's set in Victorian England, but Victorian England where a a bunch of women and minorities and those without power um, get powers Mm. Um, and how it changes society. And it just, it talks a lot about, you know, uh, workers' rights and women's rights and all of that jazz. It was great. It was a lot of fun. um, Great acting. uh, The costumes and the sets were fantastic. Um, It was real good. It was good. And we just totally binged it and they did the first half. So it's, I think it's, ooh, I'm going to say six episodes, and then there's another six coming out, I believe, early in 2022. So that was a lot of fun. Um, that was on Amazon, I believe. Um, and then I watched uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. Oh. It was terrible. <laughs> um, then I watched Army of the Dead. It was a great character piece. 
like the characters were great. Um, this story was fine. Um, the fact that they put in Tig Nataro after the fact, which is the reason why I watched the movie, mm. um, was amazing. Uh, they replaced her with that comedian. I can't remember his name. Who? Uh, surprise! Another horrible comedian. Oh, that was Delia, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and they put her in after the fact, and it was it's phenomenal. Cannot cannot tell whatsoever. It just it blows my mind. Um, and then I watched uh, the Hunt for Red October, which I've never seen. Oh my god. Yes. And it is one of the greatest yes. movies of all yes time. To, yes to the Hunt for Red October. God damn, yes. That movie is phenomenal. Sorry, y'all. This is a, I don't know who directed it, but this is the first ever Tom Clancy uh, Jack Ryan adaptation. Yeah. Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Connery as a defecting Russian, Russian submarine captain. Yes. Come on. It's so good. So, so good. <laughs> like, I can't get over how good it is. Um... Even if you don't like war stuff, you're you're gonna love. Do you like Sean Connery stuff? It's oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it depends on what it is, but no, it's just so so good. Uh, I recommend watching it. Um, it holds up totally as a movie. Like there's a end bit where it's obviously you know when in like Murder She Wrote or Seinfeld where they're in front of a screen and a car that mm. kind of thing like but fuck no, I want to watch The Hunter Rock oh it's I mwah, like it was just so so good anyway um, and then I think I mentioned last week that I was on the hunt for a new mystery show mm-hmm. and then I found it oh shit and then I watched it all <laughs> and now I I just I didn't realize that there was only one season of it. I didn't w- realize it came out like in May. <laughs> so it's called Wistable Pearl. Wistable Pearl. Yeah, and it's set in Wistable, which is in southern England. Oh God. Uh, on the Thames. Uh, no, uh, on the Channel. You sorry. talk about finding new shows sometimes, like <sighs> when Community had to come up for a new show for Abed to watch, and they just dreamed up something yeah like that fake british cougar town like you describe things that exist but sound like they were written on a sitcom about your life as a show you would like anyway i'm sorry continue no it basically is it's about a woman who uh she's in her 40s she owns a restaurant in wistable and but she's always she was going to be a cop uh early on and always dreamed of being a detective but she got pregnant so she had to leave she as she says she was too young um, and so she owns this restaurant, she has a son, um, a mother who was an actress for a while, um, and she does, she becomes a private detective with her son leaving home to go to college and stuff, and then she meets a police detective, and they solve crimes, and it is amazing. Um, and yes, I did dream this up. And it was plucked out of the ether for me. And I am hopefully Acorn does a second season because right now no one really knows, but it seems to have done really well. And it's based on a series of books. And I love it so much. And it's so good. Wistable Pearl, y'all. Yeah. And the main love interest, who is the detective, is actually someone I am attracted to. Usually they have this very, like, clean cut looking bleh, boring actor but no this one he's good <laughs>
Gremlins, yeah. So that's what I watched. She didn't finish Squid Game, but she found Wistable Pearl. And I watched all of it. <laughs> all of it. Um, Still waiting for the for the concluding Squid Game discussion, but <laughs> be here for Wistable Pearl for the next three weeks. <laughs> no, no, I watched it all. It's fine. Oh, you're oh, so you're done. That's what I mean. Oh, so now you can get you can get back to Squid Game. I fa- so. I found it. I watched it. I was like, I didn't realize it only had one season, and then I watched all of it, and I went, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what have I done? Um, yes. two things. Yeah. Before I go into my updates. Number one, when I was walking with someone cute to dinner uh, on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. weekend, uh, we were in the Toronto's Liberty Village neighborhood, right. which is, uh, there are some, the head offices of some media companies are down there, okay, uh, including what I believe is maybe Vision TV, and there was a like decaled billboard up there about uh, Vision's mystery block, oh. and there was Vera and Jessica, and someone, I was like, is this the Caitlin McKinnon <laughs> show right here? Literally, I don't remember the other two. One of it might have been Abfab, but I don't think they do mysteries on Abfab. And they don't do, do not. Um, also, so that's one. That's one thing that I found enjoyable. The other thing, Caitlin. Yeah. It is October sixteenth as we are recording this. Yes. Do you know what October sixteenth is, Caitlin? No. Someone cute. Yeah. Just came through with the hot tip right now. Oh. To let you know uh-huh. that today. Yes. Is Angela Lansbury's birthday. <gasps> Angela Lansbury. 96 years old, y'all. Queen. Queen. You dropped your crown. Protect Angela Lansbury. Still with us. Thank you. <laughs> Your wasn't totally terrible. And thank you for that hot tip. Someone cute. Um, What do I have? As I said last week, tired of waiting. Right. Tot, tot, tot. I, set, I set sail. Okay. To finish up Reservation Dogs. Yes. That show's great. I'm, I'm in, in two weeks when you get through it all because because you're waiting for it because you refuse to watch it now until it drops. Yep. Um, yeah, that show's great. The be- the best part is that Vision Bear always sees. He was in the first couple episodes. Yeah. And then he's gone for a while and then he shows up again in the last episode. And I was so happy. <laughs> it just the episode just starts with Bear asleep and this vision in the in the window, like throwing sticks at him to wake him up. <laughs> He's so fucking amazing. This is the spirit who uh, died at the. Oh, what was the what was the Custer's last stand battle was it called? Wounded knee. Yeah. Yeah. That wounded knee, but he didn't do anything heroic. His no. horse tripped in a gopher hole and crushed him to death. Yeah. Um, he's amazing. I wish I knew the actor's name, but someone IMDBM. He's fantastic and put him in more things. He's so fucking funny. Um, and the show was uh you know. Heartbreaking in some ways and life affirming in other ways. And the takeaway from the entire season is Willie Jack for president. So, yeah, Willie, J- I already know that. And I've only seen two episodes. Willie Jack for president. Um, cheese for vice president. <laughs> uh, what else did I get into? Uh, only Murders in the Building isn't quite done yet. And um, I mean, if you want to compare my two week to week shows, I would not be hitting the high seas to see how Only Murders concludes. I will watch it, right? but I'm not annoyed by having to wait for it. That's okay. fine. Right. That's fine. Right. Um, I know this show sometimes runs the risk of being the just the uh, Chris and Andy Appreciation Society, but they were <laughs> on another podcast recently, mm-hmm. the Rewatchables podcast on the Ringer Network, which is, <laughs> I don't listen to it regularly because sometimes it can just devolve into a two-hour conversation of like the Chris Farley show but in podcast form, where it's right. like Bill Simmons from the Ringer, who is not the coolest guy in the world. He knows a lot about basketball, but he's not a cool individual. Right. Um, no shots. Put us on your network, Bill. 
you want to you want to roll the Spotify truck up to a to get us a part as part of your network, that's fine. But it's basically like, oh man, remember in Goodfellas, that part was great. I really love that part. Okay, cool. We all saw Goodfellas. Like, what are we talking about? What now? part? <laughs> I know any part. <laughs> any part. Remember in The Departed, Jack Nicholson was great. Yeah, he really was. That's the Thanks. that's the real watchables podcast. Thanks. But they did an episode recently about the movie Train Spotting. Yeah. Um, which was just Chris and Andy because they met in Philly in like college years mm-hmm. and really kind of cemented their friendship or decided like, yeah, I think I want to it's like, oh, I'm going to hang out with that guy more when Andy was taking a girl on a date to go see Train Spotting. Yeah. And Chris was really high on mushrooms with another guy <laughs> and they bumped into each other. <laughs> and it was the moment where Chris apologizes to the woman Andy's with by going, sorry about that other guy. He's on so many drugs right now. <laughs> Chris and Andy have been friends for like 25 years and I've always really loved their friendship. And it's one of the reasons why I always wanted to do a podcast with one of my best friends. Hey, cause, ow, ow. cause you have to, um, it's the only way, <laughs> it's the only way to do a podcast in my opinion. And also really reminded me that train spotting is such a like key moment in my like nineties. Mm-hmm. At one point they always, they have categories on this show and it's like, who won the movie? And Andy was like, anyone who was 19 in 1996 won the movie. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you know what? Yes, that is correct. Cause sir. The drums to Born Slippy hit in the last scene of that movie, and you walked out, and you were like, everything will be awesome. Yeah. I own the future. Even if you are a heroin addict in Glasgow. And then you find out, no, you don't own the future, which apparently is the subject of Trainspotting 2, which I'm actually curious to go check out now, because they literally waited 20 years to do do it. Yeah. But, yeah. Podcasts are great. I've been listening to a lot of great ones lately. Um, 60 Songs Explain the 90s is still great. Even though Caitlin doesn't like his voice, apparently. And oh. I grant, I grant, it's an, it's an acquired taste. Uh. It's an acquired taste. Um, conti- and only other thing I'm really doing is continuing to play uh, the Spider-Man PS4 DLC. Um, you know what the most, there are two really annoying enemies okay. in that game. Sure. Guys with shields yeah. that you can't just punch and you have to like slide through their legs or like strip the shield out of their hands or whatever. Right. And dudes on jetpacks. Oh. Dudes on jetpacks show up very late in the game. Right. When sort of the Silver Sable, Sable International private militia shows up. Cool. Um, do you know what the crux of this DLC is? What? When the Magia gets a hold of all this abandoned Sable tech. Do you know what's more annoying than guys on jetpacks and guys with shields? Is it guys with jetpacks and shields? Yes, Caitlin. Yes, it is. I got it. I got it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking worst. Um, so annoying. And actually, so they'll have these little, like, you don't have to do them, but it's like mm-hmm. you go to a base and you start off by trying to ping. It's Arkham Asylum, basically. It's like right. you go off and you try to ping people off um, with traps or stealth takedowns um, initially. And that just turns into like a free-for-all when you get spotted. And now it's just like waves of enemies. Generally, I like that sort of thing because I'm a dude who came up on like Streets of Rage and games like that. I like, right. ju- I like just punchy games. Yeah. I don't want punchy to like Street Fighter 4. I'm analyzing the frame rate of a move <laughs> and where the collision detection kicks in. Eh-eh. No. Miss me with that. Meh. But just you know, some good, elegant button smashing. Mm-hmm. Um, and who doesn't want to punch people in the face sometimes? Right? Sometimes you just need it, y'all. Sometimes you just want to, like, reverse hurricanrana somebody. Yeah. And heads it, they're heading to the ground. This Spider-Man DLC and some of these missions, when the waves of enemies are coming at you, and when the dudes with shields and jetpacks showed up, yeah. did something. Reached, reached a rare echelon of my video gaming playing, Caitlin. Ooh. Losing these battles inspired a wave of profanity that has only ever been matched by races in Grand Theft Auto Online. 
Oh, really? If anyone heard the shit that flew out of my mouth when I lose a race at the last second in Grand Theft Auto Online, yeah. I would go to jail. <laughs> they would take me to jail, Caitlin. Because <laughs> the filth that comes out of my mouth should uh... not be heard by anyone. And when I was on wave five yeah. and two big chunky boys with Gatling guns and two dudes with shields and jetpacks showed up. I can only imagine. The police were almost called. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I have to be careful because my favorite go-to swear word is not one that... I'll see you next Tuesday, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and I have to be careful where I say that word. I might be able to get away with an F-bomb at the office, but I can't get away with the C word at the office. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Rob Harvilla, host of 60 Songs, I explained the 90s. While quoting Tori Amos yeah. on a recent episode, dropped that word yeah. and took a t- took the time to point out he saved it. He did an episode on Oasis two weeks ago yeah. and deliberately chose not to use that word in any of the quote, omitting that word from the Gallagher brothers quotes because it, it's everywhere in those. Well, yeah, of course it is. It's British. <laughs> um, but felt it was necessary when he quoted Tori Amos given the context. But yeah. generally, not a word commonly used even in profanity, but... Your girl, Katie Mack. Oof, love it. <laughs> One of the best. Well, on that note, we're going to take a moment here and uh, clink our glasses to Angela Lansbury. And when we come back, Kate really wanted to talk about this. <laughs> I've Years, years I've waited to give this to you. Oh, God, Caitlin might have forgotten what month it is, but we'll get into that. <laughs> oh, I haven't. <laughs> when we come back from this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other, or things, but thing this time, because I insisted Jordan watch this thing. She just she just kicking in the door and like snatching my drink out of my hand. She's like, I own spoopy season, motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah. a girl, okay. All right. But before we get into it, of course, we have some rules. Mm-hmm. The first rule is the rule of three. That is the rule that if the thing's come or the thing comes in episodes or parts we will consume watch read three of them so the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become today's was a movie so we i forced jordan to watch the whole thing no one third for him (sighs) second rule hashtag save it for the pod that is the rule that we will not talk about the thing before we are in front of these microphones now did i know that all Jordan had f- would have for this is probably disdain. Yes, but I didn't know for sure because we want you guys to have the freshest of takes about the oldest of things. Why do you hate me when I show you nothing right, but love? Right. Yes. Third rule is there will be spoilers. This movie came out in 1999. <laughs> I don't think we can spoil it, um, but we'll try. So if you don't like spoilers, you should get the fuck out. Um, but nicely. And, like, go grab yourself, like, a pumpkin latte or something. Do anything besides watching this movie. Or watch this movie, because it's, it's amazing. Um, all right. So, the movie in question is 1999's horror western cannibal film, Ravenous. 
I love saying those words together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by Antonia Bird and starring Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, Jeffrey Jones, and David Arquette. The film revolves around cannibalism in the 1840s California, and some elements bear similarities to the stories of the Donner Party and that of Alfred Packer. Um, screenwriter Ted uh, Griffin lists Packer's story as recounted in a couple of paragraphs of blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Ted Griffin, uh, he is, was one of the writers of uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven. No. Yes. No. And a bunch of stuff. No. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. You're a goddamn liar. It's a bunch of stuff. Um, so, uh, during the Mexican-American War, Second Lieutenant John Boyd, who is fighting in the United States Army, finds his courage failing him in battle and plays dead as his unit is massacred. His body, along with the other dead, is put in a cart and hauled behind Mexican lines. However, in a moment of bravery, Boyd seizes the chance to capture the Mexican command post. His hero- heroism earns him a captain's promotion, but when General Slauson learns of his cowardice through which victory was achieved, he posts Boyd into exile at Fort Spencer, a remote military outpo- outpost high in the, Sier- in the Sierra Nevada, commanded by the weary but genial Colonel Hart, and staffed by a motley array of misfits, the pious Private Toffler, the drug-addicted Private Cleves, the drunken Major Knox, and the ferocious Private Reich in addition to the Native American scouts, George and his sister, Martha. Um, we will get into the plot in a second. Um, this movie is... It's... it's Okay. You wanted this so bad. So bad, yes. Because this movie is really important to... What? No, no, no. He's giving me a look. It's not like a, a defining movie of my childhood, but it is a movie in which, um, like, kind of put my gruesomeness into a framework. Mm. If that, because we've talked about how I don't like scary horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I like kind of gruesome, weird stuff. Um, and this falls into that. It's also this like it's. There's supposed to. There's definitely some issues with like um style and tone <laughs> um to say the least but it is supposed to be like this darkly funny ironic weird take on things um and there are some choices that I question but all in all it's just a ridiculous movie and I kind of love it because it's ridiculous and um, as we talk about also a lot on this podcast, this is a movie that could only be made oh, God. in the 90s. Oh, God. <laughs> it is pure 1999. Like, oh, it's so pure. Anyways, Jordan, I can kind of tell what you're thinking, but please, please, what did you think of Ravenous? Okay, like you fucked up. Like, you know what month it is, right? Yes. This is prime. <laughs> this is pure grade uh, A wagyu <laughs> beef crapathon material. I know, but but I wanted it because this is a like a movie that comes up in like Halloween time, spoopy time, and I needed I I have other choices for so like, crapathon. I saw yeah. the cast. First of all, this is on Disney Plus, y'all. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Get on over to Disney Plus <laughs> and watch this movie. Um, right after you're done watching, I don't know, Raya, watch. Yes. <laughs> check this out. Um, 
I read the description. Mm-hmm. I saw the cast. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, yeah, this is all very Caitlin. Yeah. This is Westerns and cannibals and yeah. big Bigby from Train Spotting, second appearance of Train Spotting <laughs> in this podcast this week. Um, <laughs> this all seems very, very, uh, very Caitlin esque. And then I start watching it. Yeah. And I believe I sent an all caps text to someone cute and went, oh, this is a comedy. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> this thinks it's a comedy or a satire or I don't know what. Because tonally, it was like. I love it. <laughs> it was like, you know, the game where you spin the wheel and you throw a dart with a blindfold on. Yep. That, is, that is that is what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Never is this more apparent. Hold on. I got to find I got to find a good example. Okay. Then in the soundtrack, yes. let's just play out in the back. The soundtrack is by Damon Albarn from Blur. Let's let this ride out for a second. <laughs> I'm just glaring at Caitlin <laughs> while this plays right now. And I'm just having such a good time. There are so many moments where the musical choices in this film mm-hmm. just kick you in your teeth and yep. take you completely out of everything that is happening. This has been enough of that shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I don't. You didn't find anything. No, that oh. put a pin in that put a pin in that <laughs> right now. <laughs> there's, there's not gonna be like, you didn't find anything. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Um <laughs> Guy Pierce is cute. There, that's the only thing. <laughs> the only thing I can give you. So Okay, so yeah, Kate, Kate says all the shit in the beginning. He goes out into this post. Yeah. And then <laughs> Robert Carlyle shows up. Yeah. He says his name is uh, Cla- Clausen? Is that his? Reverend Clausen or no, something? No, not. Oh, I can't remember. I'm not going to remember. Whatever. He says his name is something. Yes. And he was out on this trip, and um, and there was some... Colonel Ives was there. Yes. Colonel Ives was leading this this expedition. Yeah, and said so he had a, had a shortcut. Yes, said, I got a shortcut. We're going to go over here. Shortcut goes bad. Mm-hmm. And a couple people die, and then I think it's, we'll call it Clausen. Um, Clausen had gone somewhere. Um, somebody had died. Clausen went out to like run a chore or something, and when he came back, they were just eating his legs. Yeah, just eating people now. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my god. This well, is- you forgot the part. They're, they they're starving to death. Yes. Yeah, so they're, they get trapped in this mountain. It's storms. It's not passable. They start eating all their animals, the horses, everything, and they they're they're starving to death. I'll put a pin in that first because yeah. before he gets a chance to tell this story, yeah, they put him in a bath. Yes, and everybody in the in the outpost, yeah, vigorously rubs <laughs> him. Yes, which is what you're supposed to do when someone's has hypothermia. Don't film it. Why like not? that. Okay. I was just so taken aback by the, the dad from Beetlejuice being like, <laughs> we must rub him vigorously. Well, that's what you do when <laughs> someone has hypothermia. Fun fact. Cool tip, bro. Thanks, tips. <laughs> so he's telling this whole story. They were starving. He went out to chop some wood or something, and he came back, and you know they were eating this dude's legs. Yep. And it's like, it's like I was horrified, but when I I smelled cooking meat. First of all, anytime we're in dialogue or film or audio effects or anything gets too this and this is why asmr makes me want to punch people like anytime <laughs> there's like food or like the slimy sounds of chewing or stuff it, yeah. it, it like it's the worst right i fucking hate it i think that was part of the point maybe yes. probably well because at the very beginning of the film the the guy has uh, a problem with 
eating yeah, the steak. The guy, the guy Pierce guy, and it's yeah, has a problem with eating the steak. And again, that's framed and cut so weird and it's edited amazing. so weird. It's I'm so like, amazing. this is a 1999 <laughs> ass movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the uh, Robert Carlyle Clausen is telling this whole story, and it's like, I smelled the cooking meat. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. Um, but now there's a tell of some woman. It's like he he ran, he fled, he's ashamed, yeah. and he knows the 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 one remaining woman is probably going to get eaten too. The Colonel Ives is going to eat her ass too. So he knows he was going to get eaten. And that's why he ran. Right. So now they got to go save this woman. Why? It's our job, I guess. Yeah, they're there. I mean, I guess. That's so they go they back. At, they go back to this cave to find the woman. They don't find the woman. All they find are a bunch of bodies or whatever. Because uh, it turns out Clausen actually is Colonel Ives, and he's eating everybody. He's eating everybody. What a twist! Taking use of that one today. <laughs> Missed that one. Haven't had a chance to use it much. So, and added to this as well, yeah. the motivating factor mm-hmm. for why we're eating people so much mm-hmm. and why um, Guy Pierce didn't eat anyone, but when he had, he got some blood in his mouth. Yes. Um, when the bodies were getting stacked on him at the start of the movie, yeah. some blood dripped into his mouth. So he inadvertently yes. consumed the lifeblood. Of his fellow soldiers. Yeah. So somebody, because this was pre-internet, so I don't know if they were Googling this. Somebody came across a book once and saw the legend of the... The Wendigo. The Wendigo, which is not just the white furry villain from that Wolverine used to fight no. in the Marvel Universe. It's an actual... Oh, God, she's got her phone out. She's she can be hitting me with the true facts any second now when she fact-checks just, me in real time. Just, just prepare it. Um... Which I don't know what you know what pantheon this comes from, but it is basically an indigenous legend um, or folklore that it's about a started as a man. Um, has to do with the eating of human flesh and taking on the strength and you know essence and life energy of the person you're eating. Yeah. So so I'll just they the the thing they got. I'm surprised that they got anything right in this movie because <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie made in 1999 but they do mention that it is um from the algonquin speaking first nation in the movie mm. like they, he says um something about Al- algonquin but a wendigo is a supernatural being belonging to the spiritual traditions of the algonquin speaking first nations in north america wendigos are described as powerful monsters that have a desire to kill and eat their victims in most legends humans transform into wendigos because of their greed or weakness Various indigenous traditions consider Wendigos dangerous because of their thirst for blood and their ability to infect otherwise healthy people or communities with evil. Wendigo legends are essentially cautionary tales about isolation and selfishness and the importance of community. So this is low-key how you get around the fact that the uh, shortest man in the world, yeah, Robert Carlyle, <laughs> um, can be this like threatening villain because yes. when they when they go to the cave and realize it's all set up and he's actually Colonel Ives and was trying it's to a trap. And it, it's a trap um, which maybe they were first suggested of when he starts twitchingly digging a hole for no reason this is the big like when everything gets weird when they discover the, the cave and the skeletons down in the cave yeah. and he's just like <laughs> just starts digging a hole or the licking of that of the guy yeah um so when somebody finally figures out, oh, this guy ain't right, and you shoot him, well, he's got all this like superhuman strength now from eating all these people. Yeah. Um, and this is you know the struggle, the struggle for Guy Pierce because he's felt that. And yeah. it's, it's basically just everybody trying to get Guy Pierce to eat people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is great. So 
Guy Pierce. Um, uh, granted, there was some dishes doing during this movie. Yeah. I probably missed some details. <laughs> How did this movie play out? Uh, I tried watching it last night. Yeah. Nodded off nearly immediately. <laughs> Shook myself awake. Made some dinner. Watched an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Didn't talk about that in updates. We'll watch, uh, oh, watch yeah, uh, season okay. eight, first episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Eh, you know, we don't need to rehash that conversation. It was fine. Um, felt I caught my second wind. Yeah. I was like, well, let me get back to this ravenous movie. <laughs> Within 20 minutes. <laughs> 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 just just out. Um, so, Guy Pierce, when did, he fell off the cliff first um, in the big showdown with... Or after they shoot each other, or like it's after no they so um, Robert Kyle, Carlyle character Colonel Ives comes out and they he's been eating people and killing people and the whole party yeah, that went out there and they shoot each other um, or no he doesn't shoot him but he he does fall the first guy the guy he's with he falls yes. and then um, the guy Pierce guy he he. Think jumps to get away from him. He jumps him. to get away. He, sh- he does shoot. He yes. shoots Robert Carlyle and in the shoulder. But, but then because he's all Wendigo superpowers, yes. he like gets up and Guy Pierce is like, YOLO, oh, and shit. jumps off yes. <laughs> and jumps off a cliff. And then from Does the- he eat somebody yes. down? Okay, that's what I missed. The guy is is dead. The other guy. Yes. And so and he's starving and he's there for like they show the moon and I think he's there for like fifteen days that or was, something. That, oh, that was all Missed? Dishwashing. Oh, okay. Um, and so he finally decides to like eat right. the guy um, to like regain his strength. Um, so he makes his way. He makes his way back. Yeah. To the uh, to the outpost. It's like, where the hell have you been? Yeah. Where's everybody else? They're sending a temporary uh, assignment. Temporary colonel mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh my God! It's Colonel Lives. What a twist! Yeah. He's still here. Um, and. <laughs> And he looks fine. And he looks fine. He's got a shave. Yeah. He doesn't have a scar from where he got shot. And uh, Guy Pierce is like, that dude eats people. Yeah. And everybody's like, you're insane. Yeah. And then Robert Kyle just starts eating people um, yeah. while Guy yeah. Pierce is having visions of eating other people. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I was doing dishes. I was like, is he really eating David Arquette right now? David Arquette's in this movie, y'all, for all about seven minutes. But And then he gets eaten. And then he gets eaten. Um, and ultimately it just leads to, um, the army is going to come to visit. Robert Carlyle has killed, there's like three of them at this point. Yeah. Um, they have sent Martha off to go get someone, the army, to go summon the army for something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think because they've like apprehended, they're setting, they're setting Guy Pierce up to, uh, go to jail or whatever for a murder, for the murder of, uh, Cleaves. Yeah, and, Mar- and Martha, like, Martha's brother's dead, and Martha knows what's going on. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's she like, knows. it is Wendigoed all up in this piece right yeah, now. Yeah, and she, tell, she tells Guy Pierce earlier, like, there is no, you can't get over this. Like, yeah. you either basically die and give something up. Wendigos don't give anything. They just take and take. Hmm. So you either, like, give something of yourself or yourself up or die. Um, that is the only way. So she sets that up. So when they're like... Martha, go get the army. She's like, on it. She's like, yeah. Deuces. Bye, y'all. Yeah. Um, so then it's basically these three. Uh, Knox, is that the major? Yes. So it's, I don't know his, I, don't, <laughs> I love how I so selectively choose which character name to use and which actor name to use. <laughs> so it's Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, and Major Knox. <laughs> and, and 
eventually Guy Pierce is like locked up. Um Major Knox ends up getting murdered and made into a stew. Yeah. Um and also other I mean, the, the movie's just full of them. What a twist. Dad from Beetlejuice comes back. Yeah. Because he thought he was dead. And I don't know. Robert Carlyle is lonely. He wants to make more Wendigos. Yeah. So he was like, What's up? Eat up. Yeah. Have some have some dead body. Yeah, but he Chomp didn't know. That. He didn't know initially. He just thought. Didn't know this. initially. He just thought he was waking up. And and getting and he was feeding him. That's all he knew. Until he realized what was happening, it was already too late. Yeah. So now you have the three of them. Mm-hmm. They've killed Major Knox, made a stew out of him, eaten up. Come and get come and get, get some of this sweet Knox stew, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is like, no, I'm a moral man. Yeah. Um. Manages to convince Dad from Beetlejuice. Jeffrey Jones is his name. <laughs> <laughs> You, but, we, but we, you know him as Dad from Beetlejuice. He's the biggest that guy in 80s and 90s cinema. You yes. never knew his name, but you knew his face. Um, he allows Guy Pierce to kill him. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to live as a Wendigo anymore. Yes, he's decided this, this is bad. Um, has Guy Pierce kill him, and now it's just like a slap fight between Guy Pierce and Robert Carlyle, <laughs> where ultimately they fall into... <laughs> they fall... He sets up a giant bear trap. Yeah. For them to fall into. Yep. And Robert Carlyle <laughs> goes. It's a great line. That was really sneaky. This man wrote Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and and he says, if you die first, <laughs> I'm gonna eat yeah, you. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> but then it's like, but if I die first, will you eat me? Bah, bah, bah. He doesn't. They no, both die. In they the end. Die. And then and then Martha's like, "Yeah, I'm fucking out." <laughs> Deuces. Fuck off, America. Bye. Yeah. Um. Come on. I mean, listen. There's already a show called "How Did This Get Made," so I don't even <laughs> want to ask that question. But it is a it is a legitimate question. Well, how did this get made? Fun fact: oh, one God. of the tonal things got facts. may have been because the original director left after three weeks of shooting. Oh God! Did, <laughs> did he know? <laughs> Was he um, like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know the story. I didn't dig too far, and I just saw it in the Wikipedia article. Um, because it's a lady who directed it, yes. and that doesn't happen in the '90s. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? And it was actually Robert Car- Carlyle who was like, hey, you know, she's a good director. You know, if you need someone last minute, she might be able to do it. Unfortunately, she is passed, so we cannot ask her like what <laughs> <laughs> what happened with this. Um, and uh, yeah, I I love this movie because it is like nostalgic and silly and stupid and fun and funny and weird and gross because because you didn't tip your hand at all you were just like i'm so excited to watch this yes and like literally within 20 minutes i'm like she knows this is bad (laughs) yes i do okay which this is what i'm saying for me halloween is not just about like horror and like spooky and scary it's like stupid and like this will also be apparent in the movie for ne- next week. Um, to me, there's this like silliness and and you know cannibals from Mars thing, and you know like that's that to me that's Halloween as well. And I mean fair. I'll give it a five and a half. Ooh, a whole five and a half. <laughs> Listen, you know it takes me a lot. You know you are much more liberal with the failing grade than I am. Yes. This is maybe the closest it's come. Ooh. Yeah. See, see. It would have got a 5.5 in Crapathon. Now that I think about it. Oh, really? It was not fun to watch. Oh my god, it's so much fun. 
Caitlin, the struggle to stay awake to watch this movie. That, that is because you are perpetually tired. You're That's true. old and you like to nap. How dare you? <laughs> Ever besmirch a nap? Um, so you def- y'all, that's on Disney Plus. It is like an eight for me because this movie is ridiculous. Please, and please, by all means, watch it and hit us up and tell me how much you loved it on the social media. Get up off Twitter and let us know how much you loved it. <laughs> how much you loved it? Oh, oh, and here's the thing: uh. why isn't anyone remaking Ravenous? Oh God. Come on, you you think about I it. I mean, listen, yeah. If you if a twenty four fucking wanted to take this IP and like remake it and make something not nineties out of it, yeah, it could be. It could, be, it, all could right. be, it could be a great horror film, like a real horror film. This is not a real horror. You film. do have a thing with cannibals, though. Do I? You were much more on board with that comic chew than I ever was. Oh, I loved that comic. Again, eating people. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> dark her. sides to I'm everyone. I'm looking at her sideways now. <laughs> Uh, friends, spoopy season is not over. I don't know if we have one or two left, we but have one. We, have, we have one. Wow, she, she snagged them all from me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Snagged them all from me. Uh, next week, we will be watching Werewolves Within. Is yep. that what it's called? Yep. That is a Netflix original uh, that Caitlin is very excited about for different reasons than she was excited about Ravenous. I think that she actually finds this one enjoyable yes. and thinks it was well made. Yes. It's got Sam Richardson in it. So, I mean, the second, it I, does. The second I saw that, I was like, oh, that's why we're doing this. Yes, okay. It is. He's so cute. He is friends. You can find that on Netflix and you can find Ravenous on Disney Plus and let us know what you thought about all of them. We'll be back with that next week to wrap up spoopy season. Friends, as you're hearing this, it's my birthday. So hop on Twitter. Tell me how much you love me. You should. (laughs) He gets very cranky if you don't. I really do. (laughs) Validate me. Validate (laughs) me at all times, friends. 333sound.com. Check out my essay, listen to 33 and a third podcast on J. Dillow's Donuts featuring my work, if you're so inclined. Thank you so much for spending an hour and change of your time with us every week, friends. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. No notes, no notes. <laughs> there are no notes. There Just lots no of questions. No, no notes. Ravenous. <laughs> that was my West Side Story. No notes <laughs> rendition.